You're listening to episode 65 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about a really important part of getting stuff done, how to do nothing. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, silly humans. How is life these days? Summer. The fireweed in Alaska has been flowering. And as the locals say, once it tops out, because you see it's this plant where the flowers bloom upwardly. So it starts at the bottom and moves up. And when the fireweed blossoms at the top of each stalk and open to bloom, it's only supposed to be six weeks until we see the first snow. What the what? <laughs> it feels like summer's going by so quickly, but it's all good. In six weeks, I'll be in Hawaii. And I'm telling you, deciding to winter there was like the best decision I've made in a long time. Anyway, many of you know I'm in a psychiatric mental health postdoctoral program at Johns Hopkins, and I'm done with all my work this week and I'm set to graduate on Monday. So I'll be celebrating by chillaxing in Maui, then heading to my place in Kona. I also recently celebrated my birthday. I'm a Leo, and Sunday 0808 was my continuation day, the next trip around the sun for me. And my husband's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I've been cranking these past few months with this postdoc program, right? And I had just finished my last two big papers. I wrapped up a busy week of clinical seeing patients. And I was like, I actually want to do nothing. I just want to go to the yurt and relax. Now, if any of you would know my husband, he's not actually well-versed in this relaxing thing as most of us know it. And actually, it's one of the things I love about him because we have lots of great adventures. But the relaxing thing isn't his jam. So he hears this and is like, okay, well, do you want to go to Salmon Fest? It's this outdoor music festival, once known as Salmon Stock. And he says, we can just go for a day. I can bring all the camping gear just in case. I can pack everything up. And I'm like, nah, it's it's going to rain. And I'm just so tired. I want to just read and be in the yurt and listen to the rain. Y'all, I love the sound of rain on the roof and being cozy and dry inside. And as the week goes on, he's like, do you want me to bring the pack rafts or the bigger raft and we could do a float? Or I guess there's always the stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> so I can tell the concept of me wanting to do nothing isn't quite sinking in. And he's not just asking me all this because it's my birthday. Like he's trying to grok doing nothing, which I think in his mind means doing something mellow. And I consider this and I'm like, okay, well, maybe we can go to dinner at the Dirty Skillet, which is like one of my fave restaurants in Hope, Alaska. It's a short drive from the yard. And then if I have the energy, we can go into town for the band playing there. And this seems to satisfy him for a bit. So 
We get to the yurt, unpack. We decide again that we aren't going to Salmon Fest. And we head to the restaurant, which is on a pond and by a creek. And Maya plays with her friends that we run into there. And it's awesome. And then we go into town, listen to the band. And, you know, I check out the views and I feel it. The wall. I hit it. I'm just so tired. My nervous system's been cranked up for so long, right? And now I can tell, oh, I can start to let go. So I take a walk out towards the ocean with Maya and it's nice and quiet out there. And I say, hey, kiddo, I kind of want to head back. You okay with that? And she does a few leaps over some water and she's like, okay. So we get back to the music. Everyone's dancing out on the street. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to head back. You can stay and maybe catch a ride from our cabin neighbors who happen to be there too. And Ty is stoked, right? He's stoked on that. So Maya and I head back and I get to the yurt and I put her to bed and I sit on the couch and I thought I would fall asleep, but I stay up for a while because see, I was tired, but not sleepy. And my body and brain just needed some downtime, like some awake downtime. Like I didn't want to just go to sleep because then I was like, I'm not really experiencing downtime if I just go straight to sleep. And it felt like such a luxury to sit around and not have to do anything, not have to write or do laundry or study or read scientific journals. And I just sat there and listened to the rain, which started right when we pulled back up to the yurt. And I remembered the need for this from well before I was exhausted, right? Because you don't want to wait until you're exhausted to do nothing. It's actually a great technique to keep you from getting exhausted and to keep your mind, body, and creative juices flowing. But I get why it had been put off for a while. I have some self-compassion about this because I'm a multi-passionate. So there's always another passion project to dive into. And I'm an entrepreneur, so there's always something else to work on, like new curriculum for Freedom School, new programs, new podcast episodes. And I'm a freedom junkie, like so many of you with serious FOMO. I have a total fear of missing out. And it's only been recently that I've learned to rein that shit in. <laughs> I used to say yes, even if I was exhausted, under this kind of belief of carpe the dang diem, I might die tomorrow, you sleep when you die, yada, yada. And I used to not understand how people could sit around and do nothing. I mean, the world is so big and there are so many rivers and mountains and places to visit and music to hear and friends to hug. But then one time, a business coach of mine said that when we do nothing is when our brains have a chance to get really creative and come up with some of our best ideas. And I read how Steve Jobs makes time to walk every day and do nothing but walk. And during that time, his brain is like super thinking. So of course, I'm like way into this because I'm still doing something while doing nothing, right? Like my, my brain is doing something. I'm like, oh, I'm into this. But as I practice this, I learned that I really need this on a regular basis. I'd forgotten about the downtime. And I know I'm not alone here because many of you love to go out and make the most out of this life and have FOMO and saying no feels like some really smart part of you just like died or something. <laughs> but in the long run, not having downtime bites you in the ass. I remember that 
Back in the day when I was a climbing guide and going out and like getting it on the daily, I'd have hours where we just sat around and did nothing. We'd finish a climb and get to camp and just sit around. And that fed me. It was the balance I needed so that I didn't get depleted. But what was happening now was that as my career was no longer centered around getting out and getting it in the outdoors, I would use up all my downtime trying to go out and get it like my husband is way into, right? But that meant I literally didn't have recharge time except for sleep, which was getting cut into with then having a kid and then moving like to Alaska where the sun doesn't set at a reasonable time half the year. So you're like, yeah, it feels totally normal to want to get out and hike at like 10 p.m. But y'all, this recharge time is essential not just because your brain will be able to come up with amazing new ideas, but just because we notice some things in the quiet, still moments that we might not have ever noticed. Sometimes we notice our anxiety, our fear, our anger, the tension, and perhaps that's why a lot of us don't want to be still, because we don't want to notice those things. But those are things that are there anyway that need to be addressed, right? They are telling us our life is out of alignment and we need to change things up. So this is good to notice. And we also notice the trees, the rain, our hands, our body, our place. There's a reason we sit when we meditate, y'all, right? So anyway, this concept isn't new. Right? My husband is half Italian. So my last name used to be Neff, which I love. I'm a little bit bummed I changed it actually. But anyway, Neff. <laughs> and now it's Verzoni. And as I learned more about Italian culture, I learned about the phrase l'arte de non fare niente. L'arte de non fare niente. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you can't see me, but I'm doing all kinds of hand gestures. <laughs> but that means the art of doing nothing. Of course, the Italians have a phrase for this, right? The art of it. Now, at this point, you might say, sure, I know how to do nothing. We all know how to lay around and do nothing. But as one of my favorite Yoda sayings goes, to know and not do is not to know. And in order to make the most out of life, in order to ZG up, Now you know what that means from the last episode, right? To create and live a wildly fulfilling life, you need to be able to slow down and rejuvenate. This allows the space to download inspiration from the universe, to tap into your wise mind, get back in touch with who you are and what you want your life to look like, and restore the energy you needed to do the work you need to do to make it happen. And be able to do it joyfully and not just going through the motions. Many of us are too busy to do nothing. And when we do it, our minds are often on a lot of other things too, right? We can't relax and enjoy the nothingness, which, by the way, is what makes it boring, right? Doing nothing and wasting time and having that thought about it leads to feeling bored. But doing nothing is not equivalent to being bored. They're very different. Being bored is when we're distracted and spinning and not being present while doing nothing. So 
If you feel bored, good. That's a great start. It means now's your chance to do nothing. Now, doing nothing can totally be a waste of time, but as the saying goes, l'arte de non fare niente, it can also be an art form. So, because I had no fucking clue what to do and there was nothing to do, I wanted to give you some tips that might help you become a master. And in the process, melt away the stress and make your life more productive and creative when you actually do work or create or play. Okay, so the first thing is you want to unplug. This is essential, especially in today's day and age. Doing nothing is hard when we're being called to do things. So turn off the cell phones, the TV, the computer, regular phones, if you still have one of those. I wrote a blog on this 10 years ago, and this step used to be way further down the list, and I've moved it up to number one. This is step one, y'all. Unplug. And yes, even from that meditation app. Then find a time and place where there aren't a ton of distractions, noise, or people to bother you. So for me, going out to the yurt is one of those places. I also like to sit outside in my backyard or at a nearby beach, a lake, or a quiet park. Because when I'm home, it's like there's too many reminders of what I should be doing, like laundry or dishes or cleaning up. But if you're the type that gets really upset about bugs and birds and other things that make noise when they move or could possibly land on you, go ahead and stick to the house, right? Just make sure you're not at work or in a busy public place and that you can not get distracted by the stuff to do in the house. Then you want to start short and sweet. Because I get it. Like when you're doing nothing and like really nothing, it can be overwhelming. And you might feel like you're about to spontaneously combust or something, right? So start small, maybe just like five or 10 minutes of nothing at a time. Now, do nothing. And I know the smart asses out there will say, well, you're doing something. You're sitting there or laying there, closing your eyes. But I mean, doing nothing in the sense that if someone were to call you up and ask what you're doing, you'd say, nothing. Don't let them call you up though, right? So after five to 10 minutes of, oh, nothing, of doing nothing, then you can quit and go do something. But try to do this every day or as much as possible because it's not possible to get good at it without practice. Okay. Now, if you really want to take it to the next level, an important part of doing nothing in longer stints is being able to completely relax in this state. Because if we're tense, then the doing of the nothing is not doing its thing, right? So we often need to start doing nothing with doing a little something to help us wind down. So like you can find a comfortable place to do your nothing, like a really comfortable chair, a cozy spot on the floor where you lie down by the fire, um, some soft grass, a hammock, or in my case, I love warm granite slabs. Mm. So once you've found this spot, lie in it, you know, wiggle around, make your body feel really comfortable. And like, think about how a cat lies down, right? It like makes itself totally comfortable and they're really good at doing nothing. And you'll probably never master that, but they're really good inspiration, right? Next, you can try mindful breathing. And if this sounds like meditation, no, we're doing nothing, right? So breathing, like other bodily functions, just happens. So it's nice because you can pay attention to something that you don't have to think about doing, right? 
So at first you're just breathing in, breathing out. Notice your breath as it enters your body. Like maybe you feel the air as it passes the tip of your nose, goes down your throat, into your lungs and fills your lungs and then feel it as it goes out, right? Either through out your nose again. Some of you may exhale through your mouth and you can do that for five or 10 minutes. And when you start thinking about other things, like how awesome your ZG life would be if you were doing something instead, just bring your mind back to that feeling of air passing through your nose, feeling it pass by the tip of your nose every time. So don't beat yourself up, right? Just go back to the breath. And if you're still not able to relax and enjoy doing nothing, you may need to do something like a progressive muscle relaxation where you slowly tense and release your muscles from the tips of your toes moving up to the top of your head. Now, one of my other faves to help me drop into doing nothing is a hot foot soak. And I went to visit a friend out in Bishop, California. And when she opened the door and welcomed me in, she was like, do you want a foot soak? And I was like, hell yeah. So she pours hot water and some lavender oil in there and some Epsom salts. And I'm sitting on her couch with my feet in this soak. And it's so damn relaxing. So anyway, it doesn't have to be fancy, right? Just put some hot water into a tub or a large bowl, one of those like dish basins or something, and add some Epsom salts or essential oils like lavender or rose. And if you're going to stress out about it, put a towel underneath so you don't worry about getting water all over the floor, okay? Then soak for just 10 minutes. Just close your eyes and let go. You can also do abhyanga, like an Ayurveda, abhyanga is self-massage, and it's an essential part of self-care in that system. I like to start with my scalp and then my ears and face and jaw and my neck and shoulders, and I make my way all the way down until I end at my feet, all right? Now, I know that there are some people out there that hate things like baths and saunas. And often I think it's not so much the heat, but that for the most part, you're just sitting there sweating. (laughs) Lots of us, as we've established, sort of suck at just sitting there. But once you've grokked the five to 10 minutes of doing nothing, you might be ready for a proper bath or sauna, assuming you don't have a health condition that's a contraindication for that. If you're not sure, ask your provider. Now, I loved my outdoor sauna I had when I lived in Ashland, Oregon. After a long day, I would head out and just sit in there. And in winter, I would come out and lie down in the snow and then go back in. But otherwise, I'd rinse off with freezing cold water. Now I have an infrared one inside the house, but I miss my outdoor one a lot. So try not to be one of those people who does yoga while you're in the sauna, okay? This is nothing sauna time, okay? And If you're doing a bath, it's got to be nice and hot, not just lukewarm, but hot because it'll cool down faster than you think. And you can do bubbles, not essential. Aromatherapy oils, good. Epsom salts, good. Kind of like the foot bath, but bigger, right? For your whole body. So make sure no phone, make sure the space is sacred, make sure no one's going to barge in. If If you're a parent who's like used to kids barging in on you when you're trying to relax, make sure someone else is committed to watching them so you just have these few minutes to yourself. And remember, sweating's a good thing. Allow it to flow. Just sip water. Feel like all of the stress and tension flowing out of you with the sweat, okay? Now, I want to end with sensuality. Okay, so to top off this lesson on l'arte de non fare niente, 
let's talk about involving some of the other senses. So when I'm at the yurt, I'm all about sipping some good tea or coffee, wine, hot cocoa, other sensual beverages. And it's best to take these by themselves, like not with food and without a book or other distraction either, right? And with hot beverages, I love to focus on the steam coming out of the cup. And I love to take in the scent, whether it's a tea or whether it's a wine, whatever it is, just be fully present with it. Focus on the liquid as you sip it slowly, right? Feel it, taste it. Like every bit of the flavor and texture and temperature in your mouth before swallowing. And close your eyes as you do this, right? Feel the warmth in your hands or the coolness in your hands, the texture on your tongue, like how it moves down your throat. And foods can also be great, sensual foods like dark chocolate and berries, rich desserts, freshly made bread, juicy peach, the best soup ever, or whatever it is that you love. Just be sure you eat it slowly, savoring every bite, right? Chew slowly and close your eyes as you enjoy it. So good. All right. So this is all good and fine when you set aside time and go to your space where you can let go. But how do we incorporate this into daily life? Well, something I used to do much more easily before cell phones was doing nothing while you're waiting. Now, I know that I wasn't perfect even before cell phones because I still loved traveling a book. I always had a book because when I was waiting, at least I could read a book. But I mean, when cell phones first came out, I was so stoked because I could get so much done while I was waiting and I didn't feel like I was wasting time. But then I realized we're also missing out on practicing certain skills like patience and mindfulness. I mean, really try doing nothing when in a line at your health provider's office, no phone or book, no book even. I know, don't shoot me. I'm just a messenger. (laughs) Or one of my fave places to wait and do nothing, the airport. There are so many interesting things going on when you just sit and do nothing and take it in. You can also practice doing nothing when you drive, which technically we should be practicing anyway. But I mean, no podcast, no music, no audiobook, no phone calls. Sometimes I'll get into some of my friends' cars and the first thing they do is like turn on the music or the radio. And I'm like, hey, do you mind if we just have some quiet time for a little bit? It's like it's a habit for some people. Like they get in the car and turn on something, right? But try doing nothing. The Jedi master level of doing nothing is when you can do it in the middle of chaos too. I have a colleague who teaches meditation on like busy intersections in LA like that. (laughs) So when things get chaotic, try doing nothing for just a few moments. Try just dropping into your breath, close your eyes, maybe do the progressive muscle relaxation at first. And interestingly, this can actually help you be more focused and productive and mindful when you get back to the chaos. Now remember, L'arte de non fare niente takes practice. It's the art of doing nothing. And like all types of art, we get better at it by practicing. So I want to invite you to pick some of the things I mentioned about and practice it this week at least once a day for the shorter bursts and try even having a longer stretch, like half day or full day. Okay, Rebel? Okay, deal. Oh, and hey, 
if you've been following this pod and you want to put all this into practice, I want you to consider this your invitation to apply to my adventure mastermind, where we have perfected having adventures, living a full life of purpose and meaning, training your mind at the highest level, and also integrating this downtime and recharging, all culminating in your best year yet. It's a full-on game-changing experience with two adventure retreats on the Big Island of Hawaii, a six-month curriculum curated over 30 years of me guiding women, weekly coaching, good times with other amazing humans. It's a rad freaking experience, right? So every year that I've held it, people tell me it's been life-changing and I just opened the doors. And if you're one of the first five to join, I'll also pay for your plane ticket to the first retreat. So for reals, it's seriously a no-brainer. So head over to adventuremastermind.com and check it out, okay? Adventuremastermind.com. See you later, Rebels. If you like what you heard, spread the love and share it. And if you want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, check out rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist training kit where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more. That's rebelbuddhist.com.